the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. We are live with the Combat Cast. And it's me and Shevin Rooney. And we're going to talk a little bit of UFC 279, this week's fight night, a little bit of boxing. We're going to talk about a lot of combat sports today. Chevy, how we doing? Why don't you tell people what we got coming up? All right, let's see. Next week, September 24th, we're going to preview Bellator 285 Henderson versus Queeley and might cook something else up for you guys since there's no UFC fights. Then October 1st, UFC's back. That'll be Dern versus Zionane. And then uh, going on into October on the 8th, there's no fights that week, so we're going to think of something for you guys that week as well. Get right. a little break from the UFC. Come up with some stuff there. That's all right. You know, it's all right to get a break once in a while. You know, yeah. <laughs> tell you, don't get burned out. Little boxing this weekend, you were telling me? Yeah, Canelo is back. He's fighting Triple G for a third time. I think you, he waited personally. I think he waited a little longer because, you know, he had a couple close fights. So I think he's waiting for Triple G. He's definitely older now a little bit weathered but i think canelo gets it done pretty easily this time yeah that's the strategy a lot of times in boxing right they just kind of wait and wait i mean tito ortiz did it to chuck liddell family after many right years too, so it happened you know we'll, we'll talk Could about still this. be a great fight though yeah you know talk about aging fighters a little bit later and more boxing is looks like we are in the works of possibly fury and aj yeah, I believe they agreed to a date in December. You know, nothing's official yet, but both parties have agreed to fight. So short-lived retirement for Tyson Fury. There you go. And yeah, he was at Clash at the Castle a few weeks ago. And he had talked about, because someone asked him if he'd be involved in wrestling. And he said he still had some boxing commitments to make too. So it looks like he wasn't lying. <laughs> yeah. This past weekend, 
UFC 279. I ended up feeling a little under the weather. We didn't actually watch this together. You were kind of out of it. So we both, I'm sure, have our own personal highlights. Before we get into this main card, is there anything you want to talk about the prelims? I can think of one. Yeah, you know, the fun guy, Chris Barnett, Beast Boy. He was getting his ass whooped by Jake Collier and came back, finished him with ground and pound. And then, you know, big fat guy dancing and doing front flips and shit is always fun. Yeah, he's a hell of a dancer. He's got quite a And DC reacts so over the top for him, too. So it's right. He it's loves him. All right. UFC 279. We'll get to the main card here. Johnny Walker, Kudalaba. Johnny Walker gets the submission victory. Light heavyweight back on track. I'm not sure you saw much of this one, but if so, what do you think? And what's next for Johnny Walker? Yeah, I did. I mean, I thought this fight was going to end in the first round, but I thought for sure it would be a knockout for, you know, one of the guys. But it was good to see Johnny Walker. He got a rear naked choke, I believe. It looked pretty good, but short fight, so it's hard to tell. Uh, also, Kudalabra has been on a bit of a skid as well lately, so I'm not sure who's next for him. Yeah, I mean, he's working his way up. I mean... You know, he is putting that improvement in. I'd like to see him maybe only because he's coming off a loss and he has such a big win streak. Maybe Paul Craig, you know. That's a, that's a tough matchup, but he is uh, fast and explosive. So, I mean, he would have the advantage on the feet for sure. He would. And I think it's interesting because he starts off fast. So he could take out Paul Craig, but you also play into Paul Craig's, you know, plan where he wants to get you on the ground there. But as we see, this guy's got an improving ground game. So it's an interesting fight, I think, if they decide to do that. I did notice that he celebrated with the worm again, which is yeah. you know, where his downturn started. So maybe he is, you know. A little nervous about that. Right. Good for Johnny Walker, though. Good to see him. Uh, he's an exciting fighter, so it's good to see him get back on the winning track. Next fight, catch weight. Reno Donna got the win over Macy Chazon with an, a liver kick which sounds pretty normal to the body. But no, she got it with a liver kick to the body while she was on the ground. <laughs> so I thought it was a unique finish. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that before. So and yeah, up kick to the liver and just shut Macy off and she went to the ground. Yeah, nice work by Aldana. Have to wonder if, you know, she could be waiting in the ring wings for a Bantamweight title shot sometime, maybe after the rematch of Pena and Nunes ever take place. Yeah, the division's pretty open, you know, just waiting for someone to make a case, so... Uh, yeah, she's up there for sure in contention. Daniel Rodriguez versus the Leech. Lee Ji Ling. Lee Jing thought the Leech did enough to get this victory here. It turns out the judges didn't see it that way. Rodriguez gets the victory. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They were both very respectful for each other. But I don't know what this really does for either one of them, considering it was just a catch weight. And I don't think this was overly an impressive performance against a relatively smaller opponent for Rodriguez. I think Rodriguez is skilled. I just don't think this was one of his better outings necessarily. Yeah, this is one of the fights I, I missed, unfortunately. Working fans, I was working, hurt my back, so I'm on some meds. And they put me to sleep during that fight, so I was in and out. But yeah, I did hear that it was a controversial fight. I know that I saw the leech on Ariel's show wearing a robbed t-shirt. <laughs> so we know how he thinks. You know, maybe they can run it back. I don't know if DOC is interested in that, though. We got Hazma Chemaev and Kevin Holland. All right, so not a lot has been made about the fact that Holland, you know, was holding his hand out to touch gloves. Chemaev basically ran through that. It's not illegal, but I do think it did affect the fight, and it would have been interesting to see what... I'm not saying it's just the way Chemaev ran out there. It would have been easy if see if he had got himself gassed out. But... That being said, Holland, you're ba- going back and forth with this guy at a press conference, and you know you 
you basically you wanted this. Maybe you shouldn't have even threw the hand up there anyway. So it doesn't seem like a good idea. Right. This is the risk you run whenever you try to do a touch of gloves. You know, the ref tells you to touch gloves in the beginning. They did. So I don't think you needed to do that second touch glove. But, you know, I, I think Hazmat's embracing the heel currently. Him and Darren Till are the bad boys right now. So he just ragged all Holland. Unfortunately, he knows that that is Kevin's weakness. He went right for it. And, you know, Holland, I thought, was, I was impressed with how well he did, yeah. to be honest with you. He, you know, he got up and he just couldn't get away. You know, he fought off the Dars first time, but, you know, Hazma ended up sinking it in. Yeah, I, I don't think a lot of people made that because it was so short. It's just like, oh, Hazmat dominated a guy who really didn't have the same skill set. But I thought, like, all things considered, Holland was doing good in those scrambles for a guy who was basically bum-rushed for a takedown when he wasn't expecting it. And maybe that's on him. But if you isolate everything, it's like, hey, this guy was fair and okay in those positions. I wonder what it would be like if, you know, he didn't decide to make that one little error of going up for the touch of the gloves. Not saying he would have been any different, but it would have been a little bit different. Like, what would have happened, you know? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know if the outcome would have been different, right. but I think, you know, the fight might have gone a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm sure Kevin Holland's kicking himself for, for going for that glove touch. Yeah, hopefully we can take some positives out of that. Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson. So... I thought this was a couple fight. This is a fight where both guys looked to be aging a little bit to me. It was a fun fight stylistically. I thought they were, people were talking about them being tired, like they needed a break at one point. I think they were kind of doing a little homage to the old Nick Diaz thing where he was laying down with Anderson Silva. And I think Tony started it to Nate, and I think Nate would do it back, you know, because Tony was moving around. I was surprised. Not totally shocked that Nate won, but I was surprised he tapped out Tony. Like, just because who Tony is on the ground and everything. That surprised me. Happy for Nate. Glad he got a W on his way out. Sorry for Tony, because I really like Tony. I like to see him get, you know, back in there. I hate kind of like, I'm kind of liking your plan. I don't know if it's going to work, but I love to see Nate fight Jake Paul and beat him. And, you know, get all this money from boxing. And maybe Silva will beat him to the punch, but maybe Nate will box Silva too down the road. And Maybe Nate will enter the PFL and win a million dollars. And then, I don't know. You know. Like, I just, I'm happy for this guy and what he's doing. You know, I think people are kidding themselves if, like, they think he's going to come back and be a UFC champion at this point. It's just not probably going to happen. But at the end of the day, one of the greats. Yeah. It was great to see two legends fight instead of, you know, a mauling by Hazmat. And that's great for Nate to go out on a win because, you know, he deserves, deserves that. And this is a sport where, you know, most of the time these fighters, aren't allowed to go out on a win like that. You know, it's a right. disappointing way to leave the USC usually. But as far as the fight, honestly, I thought it sucked. I mean, it was entertaining kind of, but also yeah. I guess maybe as managing expectations, both guys looked really old and really sure. slow and sloppy. Now, I don't think either one of them could be anyone in the 15, top 15 at welterweight for sure. That was Tony's first time at welterweight. So I, I tend to give him a little bit more of a break. But, I mean, he looked bad, too. He was diving in with punches, and by the time he went through his combination, he had his back to Nate. Nate just angled off him, and Tony was giving up his back. I also was a little bit surprised to see Tony get tapped out and so fast, but I think he just dove in for that takedown. You know, he puts his head in there and gets caught in that guillotine immediately. You know, that's going to happen a certain percentage of times for sure. But, yeah, bar for Tony. Happy for Nate that he won. And he's going to go on and fight Jake Paul 
after watching that fight and you know he said he didn't train too hard for this fight but i think it hurts me to say this but i, I really think i put all my money on jake paul to like knock nate out at this point mm. he didn't show the volume and pressure that you know he's been known for and you know tony was kicking his legs so that'll slow him down but he wasn't really pushing forward he was just throwing one twos and i don't think that's going to be enough against a young explosive jake paul but i hope it is so i hope he goes on he fights jake paul you know gets however many tens of millions of dollars for that and then he comes back to the ufc i obviously don't think he's going to be ufc champion i think he comes back and signs a one fight deal and fights connor when Hmm. when connor's you know back doing something if he comes back that's the only way I see him coming back into the UFC. That'd be fun at this point, almost like a Legends tour with those two. Being that I don't think we're going to see Connor as a serious threat to anybody anytime soon either. Nate, so maybe yeah, they have a one-off and finish the trilogy in the UFC. I think that would be pretty interesting. I think Nate did. It makes a lot of sense when he said they were preparing for that takedown. So when Tony did that, it was right up what they were expecting. Because obviously, with going with Hosmer, they had to know that was like their big right. chance. Yeah, it makes sense. Somebody had mentioned, you know, they didn't know what to do with Tony at this point, you know, as a welterweight. He's saying he's back. He said, I don't know what, as welterweight, he said, but you could do a few fun fights out there with him. And they mentioned the names Robbie Lawler and Matt Brown. I think both guys punished Tony badly, Mm. personally, with their striking, you know. I just think Tony's lost what makes Tony Tony. You know, he's still creative and stuff in there, but he gets tired quicker for sure you know that cardio doesn't seem to be there he looks slower and you know this could just be because it was his first fight at 170 and needs to get adjusted but he's like 38 years old or something like that a lot of miles a lot of punishment as of late for sure you know i i hope he comes back and gets a win and retires after that but i don't think he could be either one of those guys at this point not with the performance that we just watched no yeah i mean you're probably right i i don't favor him and any of those matchups, like I just don't think welterweight's a really good weight class for him. And if he's having trouble making lightweight at this point, I don't know what you do. Right. Uh-huh. I mean, he's not some giant lightweight either. You know, he he fits in lightweight like he's a good size, but I feel like he's kind of small for welterweight because Nate looked a lot bigger than him. Well, I mean, we will see as what goes on in the future. I don't think Tony's done. And I think the UFC will give him another fight. So yeah, but what is that? Five losses in a row. I think he gets yeah. one more. Oh, yeah. Uh, They don't want another BJ Penn scenario going on, you know? No, I would agree with that. And maybe that will happen. Maybe, I mean, he's going to take a fight at welterweight. And maybe if he is, I wouldn't be surprised if it is going to be somebody like a Law or or a Matt Brown. I guess I'd rather be Matt Brown a little bit just because Matt's a little older, too. And Stylistically, they're, I think, a better matchup because Lawler has all that power. And yeah, yeah, I think he just hurts Tony. Either way, I favor both Matt and Robbie in those fights. We got a fight night this weekend. Ladong and Sanghagen. Any fights on the prelims you want to point out? Yeah, so I don't know. I looked at the UFC website and it showed a different bout order than Sharedog, which, you know, I look at for records and such. So they showed a different bout order. So I'm not really sure if Aspen Ladd and Sarah McMahon are fighting on the prelims or if they're on the main card, but... Let's say they're on the trust the news source has them at the prelims. Okay. So let's say they're on the prelims. That's a fight to keep an eye out for. You know, Aspen has had a bit of a rough patch since the last few fights. I mean, some weight issues, some decision losses, but she is still a very good prospect. Sarah McMahon, super vet, and very good wrestling. I'm going to say she probably controls the fight with her wrestling and 
Aspen gets another loss, unfortunately, but that's one to keep an eye out for. And then also the, I believe the feature bout on the prelims, Anthony Hernandez versus Marc-Andre Barrio. That's a great matchup between two uh, exciting, tough guys. Keep an eye out for those folks. We're going to kick off the main card, though, with Tanner Bozer versus Rogerio Nascimento. Rogerio is, let's see, 8-1-1. One, and one. He's I, got- I, think, I think his name is Ro- Rodrigo Nascimento Ferreira. Oh, man. I think he has three names. Ferreira, Rodrigo. Okay, let's go with Rodrigo. He is 8-1-1, 2 KO, 6 subs. And Tanner Bozer's 28-1, 11 KOs, 2 subs, 7 decisions. Who you got? Fajara is a grappler, but he puts himself into dangerous striking positions sometimes. And I think that's bad news for him against Tanner. Tanner has all that experience, all those knockouts. I think he's going to clip him. You know, I think they feel each other out maybe the first round, and Tanner gets uh, KO in the second round. That's right. what I'm going to go with. I like Tanner. I've seen Tanner a few times. I was kind of, I don't know much about his opponent here, so I was kind of leaning towards Tanner. So, yeah, why not? Tanner, TKO, round two. I'll agree with you on that one. Then we got Bill Allegro. Bill Algio. Bill Algio. All right, he's 10 and 6, 4 KO, 6 subs, 6 decisions against Andre Touchy Feely. 21 wins, 9 losses, 1 draw, 9 KOs, 3 subs, 9 decisions. Billy the veteran here. A lot of good fights. I say he gets just done. Probably by decision, though. So, Philly's hit a bit of a rough patch in his career, for sure. He's fought a lot of tough guys and done well, but I think he has a lot of miles on him at this point. A lot of tough fights. Bill Algio's 3-2 and two in the UFC, but he's looked very good recently. I think he's going to push the pace against Philly. Wear him out a little bit, and if he can avoid Feely's counter punches, he'll get a decision win. So I'm going to go with Bill Algio by decision. Okay. By the way, talking about nicknames, Andre Touchy Feely. So I was looking to get p- potential some interviews for this upcoming combat cast. Well, I'll just let the cat out of the bag here. Don't know if we will, but there was a guy I messaged. Don't know if he'll see this. So there's nothing against him. But actually, I loved his nickname. I'm reading his nickname, and his nickname is About Two. And I'm like, what the fuck? Now, I, now I didn't, you got to say this guy's real name. I, I didn't tell you that yet. But I'm reading it, and I'm like, about to. And then I read his name, Jordan About to Winsky. <laughs> <laughs> but it made me laugh. That's, that's a good one. I feel that's it's right there with touchy-feely. So I'm yeah, like, you know what? Yeah. It's uh, unique, uh, too. You know? Nobody else yeah. is about to. It's uh, not like a thousand pit bulls, you know? Right, 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 right. Next fight, name I'm sure we're gonna butcher. I'll start with actually a name I won't butcher. Gregory Rodriguez, who's twelve and four, six KOs, four subs, two decisions, and Chidi. Well, I'll just let you try this one. <laughs> Nijukani. Nijukani, I like it. Very good. Who's twenty two, seven and one, fourteen KOs, one sub, seven decisions, and got a little bit of kickboxing too, I believe. What do you got? So Chidi's looked great. In the UFC, he was a veteran before he came to the UFC. He had a bunch of experience fighting in Bellator, and uh, he came over via the Contender Series. Mm. Rodriguez is a jiu-jitsu black belt, but because he's so unworried about being taken to the ground, he's kind of uh, developed his striking. He's very powerful, and he you know marauds forward kind of like a juggernaut because he's not worried about getting taken down. taken down. He can just throw as hard as he wants. I think ultimately, if he plays that way, he's going to get KO'd by uh, Chidi for sure. But if he decides to take it to the ground, I think he's going to win. But 
I think he's fallen in love with the striking so much he's going to end up getting knocked out. I'll say round three KO for Chidi. All right. I'll go with you on that one since I don't know terribly a lot about Mr. Rodriguez. Chidi, I've seen him fight before, even though I can't say his name. So and I was thinking too, yeah, he would definitely have the upper hand in striking just from what I've seen of this guy. So I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. It looks like I missed a fight this week too. There is an Allen Emadavosky. Yeah. Joseph Pfeiffer. I didn't have a chance. Did you get to do some research on these guys? Who do you got here? Yeah. So Joe Pfeiffer's first two UFC fights were KO wins. And Allen is 0-3 since coming over from Bellator. Mm. So I'm going to go with Joe Pfeiffer. I think he clips him early and gets it done. TKO round one. All right. I'm going to agree with you on that one, too. Let's see. Let's see if we can disagree a little bit. Corey Sanhagen and Song Ledong. Ledong, he is... 19, 6 and 1, 8 KOs, 3 subs, 8 decisions, performance of the night four times. He's currently on a three fight win streak. San Hagen is 14 and 4, 6 KOs, 3 subs, 5 decisions. He's currently on a two fight losing streak, but those guys he lost to were Peter Nolan and TJ Dillashaw. And that um, TJ fight was close. TJ fight was super close, split decision. And he's had fight of the night twice, performance of the night twice. I'm going to go San Hagen. I know you're going to agree with that, actually, too. But I'll say it's a decision because I think Ladong has just shown he's so durable and tough and he continues to improve that I think this will go the whole five rounds and maybe even be fighting tonight. Yeah, so Song has flown under the radar a bit in the UFC. He's getting better with every fight. He's very fast and explosive, but Corey's only lost to the top guys. Song just is not fighting the same caliber of opponent. Right. So uh, although he's getting wins, you know, it's not against those top, top level guys. He does have a win over Marlon Vera, Marais. but uh, oh, yeah, yeah he, he destroyed Marais. But yeah. He has a win over Vera as well. But that was a while ago. I, I feel like Marlon has really blossomed since then. So it's toughest fight yet for Song because Corey's great everywhere. He's tall. He's rangy. He's creative both on the ground and on his feet. And he has a good chin. So with... I think we're going to end up seeing Corey just waiting and timing mm-hmm. Song Yudong's blitz because that's how he attacks. You know, he sits back and then he'll lunge in with a big combination. I think Corey, you know, sits back for a couple rounds, times those blitzes, and he catches him with a flying knee or spinning elbow or something after it gets his timing down. I'll say TKO round three for Corey. Okay, there you go. TKO round three. I got decision. Those are your picks. We'll see what happens. By the way, my boy Pete told me we did not do as well this past week, or at least I didn't do as well. But I would like to point out the last three fights totally changed. So yeah, that's all right. Pete doesn't have the best history of picking fights either. I'm thinking about trying to get him on the show. A little segment called Pete's Picks. We'll see how that goes. Let's do it, Pete. Do it, Pete. You can call it out, little bitch. what do we got coming up so next week we're going to be previewing bellator 285 henderson versus queely you know dave let the cat out of the bag we're we're looking to possibly try to get an interview for you guys we'll see then october 1st ufc fight night dern versus zionon that's probably not how you pronounce it i still haven't found a clip of annex saying her name but her first name is yan so shout out to her and then October 8th, there's no fights, no Bellator, no one championship, no PFL, no UFC. So we're going to figure out something else for you guys. Yeah, we will have something. Maybe it'll be a discussion. Maybe it'll be a top five list. Maybe it'll be MMA Jeopardy again. But between these next two, you have, there's, there's these UFC free weeks, we will have something for you. I'm trying to get an interview. It, I'll tell you, we've got interviews of wrestlers and even the comedy cast. But MMA has definitely been the toughest nut to crack as far as getting interviews go. 
And I don't know, maybe it's my the way I've been approaching people. Like I've been approaching them with, we do an MMA slash pro wrestling podcast. And maybe the MMA guys is like, nah, man, yeah. <laughs> we don't do that fake shit. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, it is what it is. It's, it took us a long time to get like female wrestlers or female comics to do the podcast too. Because I think they just assume you're a creep a lot of times when you slide right. into DMs. And it's like, no, no, I just want an interview. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. We're working on it. Thanks for tuning in to Combat Cast. Randy Oscar says, by the way, Chevy, hopes you feel better. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it. Yeah, and we will be back next week with something for you. Stay tuned. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, Please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 